Hi, everyone, and welcome to the January 27th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Craig Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. My guest today is CEO at the number two import brand in Canada. He also believes his brand will compete with and eventually beat Tesla in the EV game. He'll also talk about how interest rates and a recession could affect sales in 2023. We'll hear all about those topics and more when I speak with Hyundai Canada CEO Don Romano on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Let's start here. Uh, Generally speaking, how would you describe the Canadian auto retail market in uh, 2022? I think it was a a year of learning uh, on how to get back into doing business the right way. I think that we we have a tendency as an industry to overproduce well beyond demand. And then we get into the habit of doing whatever it takes uh, to sell a car. And sometimes that's not in the best interest of what customers are looking for. And uh, it's not in the best interest of dealer profitability. It's not in the best interest of anybody. And I think this is one of those years where we got back into, because of our limited supply uh, as an industry, we got back into selling cars and, and dedicating more time to explaining the features and benefits of our, of our products, as opposed to, uh, you know, the payments and the F&I and, and what are you going to do for me? And uh, I think it was fantastic. I think it was a, a, a great year for uh, our industry. Uh, that said, I would like to have more uh, volume, uh, but not a lot of, lot more volume. I'd like to see volume grow at a, at a reasonable pace. I don't want to go back to the old habits. And uh, so I think it was a, Overall, Greg, it was a good year. Do your dealers want to go back to the old habits and the old ways? What is the, um, what's the return from them? What are they telling you about this new world that we're living in when it comes to selling cars? You know, it's interesting. It's evolving. I would say that uh, six months ago, they were screaming for more. And, and now they're simply asking for more. But um, not a lot more. They're in the same position, especially now that interest rates are, you know, six, seven percent. You, you add another 200 vehicles to their their flooring, and that's a whole new expense that they have to cover, which today they do not. Uh, however, they would like um, to see better transparency on when cars can be delivered, and that's understandable. And uh, we need to do a better job of that. So. They want to make sure they can tell a customer, listen, if you put an order in, this is when we can get you the car. And so there's things we need to do to better support the dealers and our customers with uh, communications. And uh, I I would say they would take that over uh, a lot more inventory. But they do want to see, especially when it comes to electric vehicles, they'd like to see more. I'd like to see more. Our company would like to build more. And uh, we just... uh, we just broke ground on a $5 billion plant down in Georgia that will produce 400,000 more in a couple of years. So I think we're on the right track. Uh, in the meantime, I just tell them to stay focused on taking care of the customer and, and, you know, helping them get the right car and we'll do the best we can to get the right information so they know when it can be delivered. 
How is profitability right now? Because I've spoken to some dealers who said 2021 was actually better in terms of profitability. Not that 2022 was bad. Most say they're sort of on par, down a little bit, slightly off. These are the descriptions I've been told. How's profitability right now um, in this new world where inventory is low, demand is still high? Are dealers still profitable and are they happy with the profits they're making? Yeah, our dealers had a record year for profitability. Um, so yeah, it was up. And, uh, in, you know, I wouldn't say it was, uh, excessive. It's where it should be. Uh, our dealers invested, uh, you know, close to $700 million in, uh, facility upgrades and expansion plans over the last five years. <clears throat> and I thought this year was the first time I could look at, uh, their financials and say, we're now earning the, the dealers are earning the profits they deserve. Uh, doesn't mean we couldn't do better, um, but I don't think there's any Hyundai dealers out there that would tell you uh, that they were disappointed with 2022 with respect to profitability. They sold fewer cars and made more money, and I, I think that uh, you know that's that's a good combination right there because when you're selling fewer cars, you're investing more time with the customers that you do service, and uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I would say that. From a profitability point of view, dealers, uh, at least the Hyundai dealers, are quite happy. Your brand rose to be the number two import brand in Canada. Pandemic, inventory shortages, huge demand. H- how did you accomplish that feat? A couple of ways. The first is the product. So when you look at, if you break it down, um, you'll find that our early move into electrification is paying big dividends now. So uh, if you look at the Ionic 5, I mean, you can add 5,000 units to our, uh, to our numbers just from the Ionic 5, which was a fantastic home run, continues to be one of the, the highest demand vehicles that we have. <clears throat> but we also had a lot of success with Genesis. Uh, third year, third consecutive year, fastest growing brand, put another, uh, another thousand additional units in as they continue to grow and uh, outsold in Infinity, they outsold Land Rover. Uh, we, we passed a number of, of other luxury makes, and the dealers are just doing a wonderful job with the brand, and the brand is rated uh, in the very top uh, echelon when it comes to customer service. So I couldn't, couldn't be happy, happier than uh, what I've seen with Genesis. Um, and then, you know, we had some new products, the Santa Cruz. You know, we had a full year of our, of our small, um, I guess, sport utility truck. And, uh, you know, that added another uh, 3,000 extra units. So, you know, when I, I look at what's moving us forward, I think it's the, the, the product. Uh, but then I'd have to also add that the dealers have invested, again, uh, just hundreds of millions of dollars in the facilities to upgrade the brand and the experience. Uh, when I came on board uh, 10 years ago, we were ranked 15th in customer service for servicing customers. Uh, We're now ranked fifth. Uh, We still have room to improve, but we've just made a lot of improvements with our, with our signature certification programs and with our, just our dedication to working with the dealers as partners. And uh, they, they know very well, we are hundred percent committed to their profitability and we need them to be hundred percent committed to customer service 
to make sure that that profitability and that our position as number two uh, import is sustainable. And uh, I think that we have a very strong relationship with the dealers, and I think uh, we trust each other more now than ever before. And I think it's uh, relying on that to catapult us to number two and and hopefully someday number one. In fact, if you include our our Hyundai Motor Group uh, company Kia and put the two together, we're actually number one. So, uh, yeah. Since since we're More talking rankings, than any other. Since we're talking rankings, you're also oh, the, ahead, you're the number one brand when it comes to qualifying for the federal ISEV program. Um, what is the Canadian outlook or plan for an electrified Hyundai uh, when it comes to 2023? Where do you go from here, electric wise? Yeah, we're going to launch the Ionic Six very shortly. So we got another new vehicle coming out, in addition to the Ionic, uh, uh, the Ionic Five, and we also have a new uh, Kona EV coming out. So yeah, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good year for Hyundai. We're we're planning to grow again. I don't want to grow too fast. I'm more proud of what we've done in terms of the processes of handling the customers in 2022 than I am being number two in volume. I think it's critical because you can move up and down in volume, but when it comes to the customer service, unless you provide that that level of service and the right products, um, you know you're not going to be there for long. And I, that's what makes me most proud is that what the dealers are doing out there to really up their game in terms of how they handle the customers and how they're handling, you know, low inventories and a lot of stress out there. They've they've just been all stars, and uh, to me that's that's what's most important. But uh, we're going to be giving them a lot more electric vehicles as we do grow the business in 2023. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a better year. And I think, again, 2022 was a good year. Uh, even though our sales went down uh, nine, uh, nine, between 9 and 10% uh, year to date, uh, that's what the industry went down. So we maintained our, our market share at 8%. When you look at us relative to the imports, we gained a full point of market share. So, And, and that's our main competitor. You know, we don't really compete against the domestics. And we did it, Greg, with uh, taking fleet down 68%, uh, lowest fleet I've seen since I've been with the company over the last decade. So, um, you know, this is another way to help the dealers improve. The dealers didn't go down uh, 10% uh, because it, we took most of it out of fleet. So their, their decline was much less. But I think that's healthy, too, for uh you know, we need fleet. Fleet plays an important role, but uh, customers first. You you mentioned that Ionic Six, and I wanted to talk about it because in July we ran a headline that read, "Hyundai takes on Tesla with Ionic Six EV sedan." Is that the plan to go head to head with Tesla? And if it is, how do you beat such an established player in the EV game? And I love that question uh, because we will. We will beat them, and uh, we will beat them because at the end of the day, the independent businessmen and women that, that run our operations, that are part, not just in every community, but part of every community, that are dedicated, that, that open the, the doors in the morning and shut them at night, uh, are going to do a better job of taking care of customers than, frankly, corporate-owned stores. 
Uh, it's just the bottom line. And that has yet to be realized, I think, by shareholders, the industry. Right now, they're just simply looking at, hey, you know, it's uh, the margins don't look as good as they did before for Tesla. And uh, there's a lot of other companies coming into play, like Hyundai. Uh, the credits that Tesla's relied on are going to be uh, not as valuable because there's going to be a lot more credits out there from the other companies that are going to sell EVs. But there, nobody's really talking about the franchise dealers out there. And I believe it's uh, that's the winning strategy. And I've been doing this for 40 years, Greg. Um, I, I've seen direct sales before, and uh, I've seen companies try to do it. But uh, I think the way in which our industry has evolved with independent dealers out there that this is their livelihood doesn't get any better. And, and uh, so Tesla has been able to sort of, I, I wouldn't say just Tesla, but any direct sales model right now, if you're making an EV, you're going to sell everyone you get regardless of how you sell it. But once the competition comes in and once there's enough volume coming out of everybody, that's where the, the way in which you sell and the, the, the service and the dedication that the, uh, the dealers have in their communities, that's what's going to make the difference. So yeah, it's going to be uh I think, and we're spending a lot of time with our dealers right now, getting them ready for that. You know, they, we've been doing training, getting the right tools out there, getting the chargers in, all the things that they need. And uh, we have 100% of our dealers on board. I'm not going to have any any dealer left behind when it comes to uh, electrification. Well, I was going to ask you that next because we just saw over the last couple months that Ford, for example, is asking its dealers to spend about a million dollars per store to sell EVs. Um, another automaker, I believe it was Honda, just last week said it was going to be about four hundred. Or last month said it was about four hundred thousand dollars worth of investment. Where are you at for your dealers? What are you asking them to spend in order to sell EVs, or have they already started putting in the infrastructure? Where are you at in that plan to upgrade stores to be able to sell the Ionic Six and the Five and and the electrified Kona? Training, training, training. And they're all jumping on board. You know, it's a little tough for the technicians because it, it does require them to travel. And, and, you know, so we're we're working hard. I don't want to do just training online. You have to get in there. Uh, they've all purchased the tools, so so no issue there. When you remove batteries, it takes special tools. Working with batteries, working with electrification in the service area. Uh, but it all comes down to tools and training. When it comes down to investment, uh, our dealers, again, they just spent over $700 million on their facilities. Um, now they're, you know, we're, they're, they're putting in level three, level two and level three chargers. Uh, we do have a certain requirement there, but it's less than a hundred thousand dollars to, to put those in place. Uh, so really I'm, I'm not as concerned about them making big investments. They're, they're big kids. They, they deal with our customers day in and day out. They know as demand increases, what they need to do. Uh, what we need to do as a factory is provide the support, the training, the, the make sure their technicians are ready, uh, make sure their salespeople can explain, you know, they, they're, they're not used to kilowatts, they're used to horsepower, right? So there's a lot of uh, training that has to go in, but we will invest most of our time uh, training them. But it, my goal, I, I believe the future is electric. And so my goal is to make sure 100% of my dealers are on board. I don't want to have some that are and some that aren't. I, I don't think that makes any sense. You have some towns that have, you could have some towns that have a dealer that's qualified and another town that isn't. That doesn't make any sense when, if you believe everything's going electric, 
then you got to believe that your entire network needs to move in that direction together. And uh, that's, that's our plan. I want to talk about interest rates. Uh, 7% financing today, roughly, when I checked a bunch of sites, Hyundai's included. How is this affecting the business strategy moving forwards as these rates continue to rise? There's probably one more, maybe two still to come from the Bank of Canada. So what does that do for your strategy in 2023? You know, it's real simple, Greg. It's supply and demand, right? So, you know, as as we grow our business, and we will grow it in 2023, uh, but there's a lot of pent-up demand. The people that were, you know, off lease, looking to replace their cars, that had to get extensions. And But at the end of the day, it's a competitive marketplace. It's uh, So... It may be six nine, it, it it may be seven nine, or it may be four nine, and it really comes down to supply and demand. And if we, uh, you know, we find that if we price the car right to begin with and uh, give them a really a good deal, which I believe is one of our hallmarks, if we give them, a, a, you know, a good value for the money, you know, the interest rate doesn't make as big a a difference as, as people think. I mean, people are still going to buy homes. They're still going to buy cars, but they're not going to buy as many. And, and that's where you have to be careful because as we rush to uh, increase from our decline in 2022 as an industry, I believe uh, some will overrush and overproduce. And for them, uh, it's going to be a rough ride because you're, you, you know, if, if you stick, 200 cars into a dealership and he's got demand of say 10 a month or 20 a month uh there's only one one answer and that is he's gonna you know the factory's gonna have to come up with big incentives the dealer's gonna have to discount then we're gonna be focused more on the transaction and less on the product and uh that that scares me it's uh it would make me nervous as a as an industry but i don't run the industry i run hyundai and genesis and uh so we're we're going to take a very conservative growth approach and, uh, you know, try to, you know, hopefully we won't see interest rates continue to rise. I, I do believe that uh, inflation is going to dissipate as supply chains come in. The, one of the key drivers of inflation has been uh, the, the challenges with the supply chains. And one thing I know is that eventually these issues get worked out. So once they get worked out, uh, we will see things getting back to, I think, a little more normal. And uh, we'll probably see interest rates maybe in the second half uh, begin to either hold steady or maybe even come down. But until then, we just have to offer competitive prices and really focus on cars that people absolutely want to have. On a related note, what about a recession? If it arrives, how do you handle that? They almost go hand in hand, but they're different. What if there's a recession? Well, I'd argue that where there probably already is, you know, I mean, whether we wait for the technical definition to come to fruition or, or we simply look at what's going on right now, you know, I, I think that you can argue that you know, whatever we want to call it, it's probably not going to be much different than it is today, although the word recession tends to prompt maybe a little more uh, fear in consumers' uh, willingness to, to go out and make big purchases like like cars <clears throat> but um i'm not worried about it uh, we just got done doing one what almost 1.5 million cars in 2022 as an industry and uh that, that's not a bad number uh, i mean i 
when I started uh, with Hyundai, we were, you know, the industry was lower than that. So I think we're, we're, on a, we're still going to grow. We don't need to do 2 million. Uh, I think we, we, even if there is a recession, if interest rates go up higher, we're still going to see some improvement. I think we'll see the industry go up to maybe 1.6. And, uh, you know, that's, I think that's, that's good. I think there's enough demand out there, even in a recession for everybody to, uh, maintain a good business model for us to be able to, uh, you know, again, it depends on putting out the cars people want, you know, so if you put out the products people want, uh, you're going to have a great year. If you, if you don't, it could be a little tough. And, uh, but, you know, our focus again, being, uh, bringing out, we'll have two new electric models, um, plus the uh, current electric model that we have plus Genesis doing fantastic. So I'm not worried about it, Greg. I think, uh, you know, our conservative approach coupled with what I believe is going to be probably pretty consistent, uh, level throughout the year. I don't think it's going to get worse. We and the industry are going to be just fine. Don, thanks for this. I appreciate it. Greg, glad to do it. I appreciate you taking the time. It's always good to catch up. I want to thank Don for being my guest today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click that podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.